Tonight, the title of my message is called Winds and Waves. We all deal with winds. We all deal with waves. We all got a bunch of crap that goes on in our life. And I want to teach you and tell you that we don't have to succumb to the crap. Yeah, because of Jesus. Jesus gets us through our winds. He gets us through our waves, and he gets us through the crap. Amen? Can I be real with you guys? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to start over in the book of Matthew chapter 14 in the 22nd verse out of the ESV. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was long way from the land beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. And in this fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And when Peter answered him, he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. He began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. So there's a lot happening in this portion of scripture. There's a lot happening in this account, in this scripture. But what is amazing and what's wild and what's so crazy is that there is this storm. They're out here on this boat. They're out here on this journey, if you will, because they're in the very middle of what God told them to do. Jesus said, hey, I need you guys to go to the other side of this body of water. And whilst they were going across the other side, there was a storm that was coming against them. There was trials, there was issues, there was probably bickering amongst the crowd. They were probably arguing with each other and fighting and they were stressed out and they were going bonkers and crazy with one another. And there's water getting in the boat. There's water getting into their eyes. They're getting salt water everywhere. Just water water on water and wind and it's loud and it's crazy and it's chaotic. But yet they're in the middle of what God called them to do. And even more so, there's a bit of a journey that's happening and taking place where Peter gets to do an extra mission where he gets to ask Jesus like, hey, I see you out there doing that cool thing. I want to do it too. Can I do that? And so he asked permission from Jesus, can I come to you? And then Jesus told him, come. And I know I'm like basically just rehearsing this for you, but I want you to understand that even in the midst of all this, even in the midst of all this chaos, they are in the middle of what God asked them to do yet there's resistance against them. So tonight, we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about what it's like and what we need to cling on to while we're in the middle of God's plan for our lives, yet we feel resistance, amen? I want you guys to bow your heads. I want you to pray with me. I want you guys to get ready to receive what God has for you. So Father God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this place, Lord. I just thank you that no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, when we got stuff going on in our life, that we know that you've called us into these things, that you've called us into this walk with you, Lord. And let us hold on to that fact and let us be confident in knowing that you are our Lord and that you are our savior. And no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like, that you will get us through it. We thank you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. All right, I need three volunteers. All right, hold on. 
All right, I need three volunteers. If you guys would be so kind and come up to the stage for me, please, this is what we're going to do here. The rest of you, what I need you to do, oh, I'm sorry, there's four of you. I'm so sorry. You know what? We'll figure it out. Hold on. Don't worry. We're going to make this work. Now, what I need the rest of you guys to do, this is like a group experiment. This is like a group project here. What I need you guys to do is take where you're seated now, and I want you guys to kind of like juxtapose them and get them a little bit scattered from one another. I want you to get out of just kind of like a single file line here and just kind of take a couple seats back, a couple seats forward, and still remain seated but make it kind of like a little bit of an obstacle course. That's kind of what I'm trying to make happen here. Wonderful, beautiful, amazing. Now you can go back to those seats. Now this is what I want you guys to do. This is what's going to happen. All right, so DJ, Xavier, what I want you guys to do is go over there and stand kind of next to Johnny, shoulder to shoulder facing this side of the room. Jeremiah, I want you to go over here uh, kind of behind Maya. And you know what, Jameer, why don't you go over there with Jeremiah too. We'll make this happen. We'll make this work. So... This is what's, I didn't mean for you to like literally stand next to Johnny like that. I pretty, I guess I made that a little bit confusing. Why don't you stand right here for me? All right. I'll Xavier, you come over here. I feel like this happened to you before. Do you get blindfolded a lot during youth illustrations? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and put that on since you're used to it? <laughs> All right. So this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. Jameer and Jeremiah, they are going to ask you guys to come to them. They are going to be representing Jesus. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's just within them. So we're just going to pretend there's a third right there. So Jesus, God, is over here. And he's, he's calling out to DJ, and he's calling out to Xavier. And what DJ and Xavier need to do, they need to get to Jeremiah and Jameer. And all of you guys, what I want you to do is I want you guys to yell the loudest sounds that you can make. I want you guys to get wild. I want you to get, I mean, I want you guys to dig deep. I want you guys to get primal on these dudes. I want you to be so loud and so chaotic that it feels like they're in the middle of a storm right now. So I want you guys to go ahead and call them over, Jesus and Lord. Call your people over to you. And you guys yell. Ah! And DJ, make it over to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on cruising. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand why DJ's closing his eyes right now. DJ, why do you have your eyes closed, bro? <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't really know what happened here. I don't, I don't know if I, if DJ, you felt like I needed you to close your eyes. So, <laughs> oh, so good. All right. Well, <laughs> what was happening here? Now let's try that one more time. And and basically, Jaden, or sorry, DJ and Xavier, come back over here. Sorry, Jaden, you're just you're fresh on my mind. You're close by. Let's do this again. And we're going to do it one more time. You guys are still going to be there. You're going to call them over. And Xavier, this time you can leave your blindfold off. And Jaden, you can leave your eyes open, bro. <laughs> I want you guys to do the exact same thing and make it over to Jesus and God calling out to you. Call them forth, my friends. Ah! Ah! Wonderful. Oh my goodness. Give them a round of applause. You guys are beautiful. You guys are amazing. You guys can sit back in your seats. Thank you so much for helping with the illustration. So what was happening there? Uh, the first one got a little bit confusing, but essentially, in theory, it was easier for DJ because he was not visually impaired when he was trying to make it over to Jesus. When Jesus was calling him, even though there was still the same wind, the same distractions, the same thing happening to Xavier, it was easier for DJ to make it to Jesus. 
because he could focus on Jesus and see Jesus despite the chaos that's going on around him. Xavier didn't really have that benefit because he had closed himself off and he was focused more on the sounds and the noises and the craziness that was happening in this room rather than the one that was on the other side. Now, I know it didn't quite go exactly that way because Xavier's a smart guy. He was like, you know, what? I'm going to swing out all the way around these guys. Oh, Siri, you want to talk to me right now. Hey, girl, what's going on? Oh, wow, you cut all that down? She was about to send someone a text message in my whole sermon. That would have been crazy. They'd be like, what is going on over there? Anyway, <laughs> so when we set our focus on Jesus, when we set our focus on him and what he has called us to do, despite what's happening in this place, it's much easier to endure distraction. It's much easier to avoid distraction. It's much easier to, to focus on him rather than the circumstance in this room because we can set our eyes on him and we can focus on him and we can go to him. Amen? Over here in the book of Proverbs 4.25, it says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. I was thinking about this today, me being a runner. I mean, I'm not like a professional runner. I'm, a, I'm a one that runs for fun. And I know that sounds weird for some of you in this room, but I like to run. But I was thinking about it. If I was running in my neighborhood, but I was always looking to the side, or I was always trying to look behind me while I'm running, I'm probably going to run into something. I'm probably not going to see something that's ahead of me because I'm looking to my right or I'm looking to my left or I'm looking down at my feet. I'm not focused on what lies before me. We got to be focused on what lies before us. And what lies before us is what Jesus has called us into. You see, Peter, when he was walking on water, he was doing a pretty crazy, wild, amazing thing. And it said that those winds and those waves and all that stuff, that was already there. But as he was walking toward Jesus, for whatever reason, it doesn't really say why. It's not like all of a sudden there was a new gust of wind. It just says he took notice of the wind. He took notice of something outside of what Jesus was being a part of. He took something outside of what Jesus had called him into. He was taking notice of the wind rather than notice of the person of Jesus. And it was in that moment that he began to sink. And also what's pretty wild is, you know, when they originally saw Jesus, they didn't recognize him. So I'm pretty positive, like, homeboy, like, walked for a while on the water. I mean, because when he sank, Jesus immediately gripped him up. So it's like, it's not like Peter just, like, stepped out the boat and was just like, oh, gosh, you know, and, like, Jesus, like, whoop, teleported to him. It didn't say that. I feel like it would have said that. Peter started in his journey. He started walking in what God called him to do. He started in this thing that he'd been called into because he asked. He said, Jesus, can I come? And Jesus said, come. So he obeyed and followed after what Jesus had called him to do, but he took his eyes off the plan and focused on his surroundings. Distractions, winds, waves are going to be present, but you got to know, so is God. There are going to be issues. There are going to be things in your life that you are going to deal with. You know, we, even though we are called to live a blessed life, that doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to experience turmoil or experience pain or experience anxiety or experience pressure. Like we are still going to go through stuff, but Jesus is going to get us through it. Amen. Over here in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. And 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. It looks pretty crazy to all the other disciples that Peter was like, hey, can I step out onto the water? Can I do that? 
And when Jesus said, come, it's not like Peter mulled around for a little bit and had some doubts and was like, man, I had a big sandwich today. I don't know if I'm going to be able to float like that. <laughs> you know, hey, I don't got the right shoes on right now. I don't got the right sandals for, for, for swimming, for, for walking on the water. Like he didn't, he didn't question it. He just had faith in saying, Jesus said that I can do this. So I believe that I can do it. It doesn't make sense to my natural mind, but he's called me into this so I can see it and I can grab a hold of it for myself and I can walk in what he's called us to do. That's what we got to be like. What has God called you to do? Jeremiah 29, 11 says he has plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope, a future and an end. John 10, 10, he's called you to have an abundant life and to the full. Ephesians 2, 10, he says that he created you a masterpiece, all brand new, predestined you to do good works. Preordained to do great, amazing things. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy, this world, they want you to be more focused on the storm than Jesus. They want you to be more focused on the storm than what he's called you into. They want you to think that, hey, it's not possible for me to make it out on the other side of life. Even though Jesus said, I want you to go on the other side of this body of water. I want you guys to sail over this body of water and go to this place and I'll meet you there. It's not possible because the storm is too big. The winds are too great. My friends are too mean. My relationships suck. I kind of suck. It doesn't make sense. I'm tired and I don't know what to do. Jesus what is going on? Just me? <laughs> we have to remind ourselves of what we've been called to and who we've been called by. We can't let the distractions, we can't let the circumstances, we can't let our own thoughts, we can't let our own opinions distract us from the plan that God, that God has for our life. Amen? And I know some of you guys are saying like, I get distracted all the time. I make stupid decisions all the time. I've done all these things. I've said all these things and I've messed up here, there and everywhere. And like, it's like, yeah, we've all taken our eyes off of Jesus. No one is perfect. We're not calling you to be perfect. We're not telling you to be perfect. We're just saying, hey, try. I know that sounds like a loaded command, but you can do it because that's what you've been called to do. In Romans 5, 1, 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoiced in hope of the glory of God. We have access to him because of what he's done for us. You know, if Jesus really wanted to teach Peter a lesson in that moment, when he started to sink, he would have been like, swim, bro. You're a fisher, dude. Get out there and swim, bud. You're fine. No. Jesus went to him. He gave him access. He gave him place. He said, I will help you in this. Even though you got distracted, even though you had a moment of little faith, I will not let you drown. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let these distractions make you get off course in your life. Now, if you want to do that, that's entirely up to you. But Jesus is saying, look, we're still good. I I wish that you didn't do that. And I'm sorry that you did do that, but we're still good. Everyone say, we're still good. We're still good. 
over here in First Peter 5, we're coming to a close here. First Peter 5, verse 6, it says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Now, we read this verse a second ago. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the the, oh, the devil. <laughs> I lost my place there. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in this eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered for a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. I've been really enjoying this portion of scripture lately because where it says, humble yourself under the mighty power of God. What that's saying is, is saying like, God, I literally cannot do this plan that you've called me into without your help. You've called me to this. So I have to believe that you know how to pull this off. God has called you into a plan for your life. So you've got to believe that he's going to be the ones with the answers and the directions to see you through that plan. In that moment with Peter on the water, he's, he had to make a choice. Like this doesn't make sense in my natural mind. This doesn't make sense in my natural being to walk out onto the water. But Jesus said, come, so I go. I'm relying on him in this moment rather than my own understanding. And then it says, even in the midst of all that, maybe you are going through stuff. You are resisting the devil. You're trying to combat the distractions or maybe you've been distracted here once or there, but it says, remember that your family of believers all over the world go through the same kind of suffering you do. You're not in this alone. You're not the only one that's messed up once or twice. And it says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. Again, you still got access. You still have the grace of God. You've still been justified. You're still a righteous human being. So after this suffering, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he'll place you on a firm foundation. You know, sometimes when we go through things and we go through issues in our life and and they feel chaotic and they feel crazy, but at the end of it, when you finally make it through, God teaches you. God grows you in your faith. He, He brings restoration to you. He supports you and he strengthens you. And now he starts to give you a great foundation. So when something comes up against you again, you can be like, God got me through that. God's gonna get me through this. He got me through middle school. He's gonna get me through high school. He got me through high school. Most of you, you still got time. <laughs> he's going to get through you through high school. He's going to get you to college or he's going to get you into the army or he's going to get you into the workforce. He's going to get you into whatever it is that you're called to do. Once he got you through this, he's going to get you through that. And then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, because that's who God is. Keep focused on his plan for your life. He will see you through. And what's beautiful and what's amazing is after this entire account where the disciples finally made it through, after Jesus finally got on the boat with them, it's like the winds ceased. When Jesus made his home back with them in the vessel, there was calm all around. There was no more distraction because they were finally with him. Getting in the presence of God is going to give you the most peace 
It's going to give you the real peace, the lasting peace that, that nothing else can give. So I implore you and I encourage you to seek after times like this, times like this, reading your Bible, and times like this, talking to God. And then it further, it goes on when they finally made it to the other side. There were so many people around. There were so many people all over the place coming after knowing that Jesus was there. And every single person that they brought that was sick, when they touched the hymns of Jesus' robe, they received their healing. The disciples got to be part of an amazing miracle despite the distraction, despite the winds, despite the circumstances, despite their issues, despite what went wrong in that moment of time on the water, Jesus got them through those issues onto the other side where miracles took place. On the other side of your circumstances, God's going to move. On the other side of your anxieties, God's going to move. On the other side of your doubts, your fears, God's moving. Hold on to that. Aim for that. Set your gaze in that and walk into those plans that he's called you to. Amen. I want to pray for you all real fast. Father God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this place, Lord. I just thank you for every single person in this room tonight. I thank you for their life. I thank you for their calling. I pray to God that, that every person in this place, they, they understand that even though there is stuff that goes on in this world that's wild and crazy, and sometimes it doesn't make sense, and, and maybe we shouldn't have to deal with it, and it doesn't feel fair, and I don't understand, and I don't want to deal with it, but they understand if they keep their heart and their affection set on you, and they seek first your kingdom, that all things will come into place. Not moved by the wind, not moved by the waves, but moved by your word. And encourage them tonight that if they have gotten distracted, if they have messed up, that your relationship isn't broken. You still have access to your creator. You still have access to your father and the one that brings restoration. Thank you for it, Lord.